Hey, Mickey, let's do something a little different for this intro for this episode. All right, what you thinking? Let's not do an intro for this episode. and Let's, let's just dive straight into what we're going to talk about. All right, so what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about how to build the marketing stack for your business. Okay, nice. What what does that even mean though? What what's a marketing stack? Do so I like do I like act like take all the phones and laptops that's and a tablets tech stack. in my house and just yeah. pile them right on top of each other because right. I, I can. Yeah, I have a tech stack like that at my desk at home with my tablet and my Kindle and all that stuff. But yeah, marketing stack's a little different. I guess it's sort of the same. But yeah, really it's just all those tools and technologies that we need to use to plan and execute and measure just everything we do with marketing. So Okay. What is, you know, it's the big stack of stuff. Yeah, the, and it definitely piles up in, in a similar way that your tech stack does. You kind of collect <laughs> those over time. But I guess the marketing stack is, is digital and you know ethereal rather than physical, actual like devices. But what, what are some of the things that might... Uh, be in your your marketing tech stack. What are what are the different types of uh, softwares that people should consider? Yeah, you got me wondering if there isn't anything physical in that, but I don't I don't think there is. I think you're right there. So thinking of going through the stuff that's in your marketing stack, there's the you know domain name, DNS, and website host for your website. So the domain name registrar, like where you buy the domain name, the DNS, which is kind of just attached to the domain name to tell it where to go, and then where you actually host your website. Um, the content management system that you use for your website. So, you know, in our case, we use WordPress exclusively, but there's lots of other options out there. So what are you using for that? And sometimes those will go together. Like if you use Squarespace or something, that is your host and your content management system. Um, most companies should have a CRM, a customer relationship manager, uh, different software there. We're using one called copper.com right now, but there are tons of great choices. Pipe Drive is a good one. Lots of great choices there. Um, you need an email marketing platform. Uh, we've talked about that quite a lot on here at times. Like that social media management, you know, you can manage just directly on social channels, but there's a lot of great tools to help you put that all in one place. You get into like graphic design software and other software you might need for your marketing. Graphic design is probably the biggest one for marketing. And then perhaps other things like survey and feedback tools, you know, other, other tools that might augment your marketing further depending on what you're doing. Yeah. And there's a lot beyond that, but those are probably the most common that most every single business should use. There may be specialty things within your, your industry or your, your business size or something like that. But I, I feel like that does a pretty good job of covering the basics of what, what everybody should kind of, uh, all the, the boxes that you should check with yeah. your, with your marketing software. I think there's still like nine things, which is a lot for different <laughs> yeah. pieces of software there. So yeah. Yeah. Do you need that all at once? Like, do we need to like go through that entire list before you can, you know, get your, your business's marketing launched or is there a priority of what you need to do first and then add these things on as, as you can? Yeah. I'd say really it's very much priorities. I mean, I know a lot of our customers don't have a CRM that they use at all and they probably should. And so we're helping them with that. But things like that may not come along for years, potentially. I think really the important one, at least in our viewpoint, is the website. Because sure. any other marketing you do is going to drive people back to the site. So figure out that domain name you choose, get the DNS squared away, get it hosted somewhere, or choose a host like Squarespace. Somehow get that done first. And you can start marketing just with that and then slowly figure your email platform and what you're going to do on social and you know build out from there. And I think it's also worth noting there is overlap between some of these. Like we often recommend kind of keeping some of these separate, but at the same time, uh, you know, you mentioned a CRM database where you keep all your kind of customer contact information and then an email marketing platform. In some cases, you can kind of do a little bit of one and the same. Yep, for sure. Um, you can use something like MailChimp to send out emails, but they also have a way to keep track of all your, your people's contact information, like their email addresses and their phone numbers and their physical addresses and all that kind of stuff. So there are places where these these can overlap and be one and the same and you can kind of kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. And that's where this gets real interesting because there's some solutions out there like Zoho comes to mind that tries to do all this for you pretty much. I don't think they do web hosting. They do pretty much everything else and they do it 
reasonably well. Not great, but it becomes the battle of we can do everything in one place, okay, or we can get the very best of breed for every different service we use. And you and I tend to go more separate services and get the best things we can get, but it still overlaps some. You know, we use uh, like Active Campaign has some CRM tools, which we don't use yet, but I could see us maybe combining that with our email marketing and some of those sorts of things. But generally, we go wider. But I know some folks that use things like Zoho, and they say it's worth it just to have it all in one place, sure. all our tools there together, and it's a interesting conversation to have. Yeah, right. HubSpot is another good example of that. Yep. It combines a lot of those tools, email, social, web hosting, CRM, all that into one space. And I, the metaphor that I like to use with that is a Swiss Army knife versus you know, like individual blades, right? Mm -hmm. If if you're, you know, if you want an all-in-one package that fits in your pocket, yeah, Swiss Army knife is great. But if you're looking to like cut something really, really well, like the blades, the knives on that are not super great. It's not the best knife. It's not the best pair of scissors. It's not the best. That was was my thought was the scissors. Like my little Swiss Army knife has scissors (laughs) in it, but it's hard to call them scissors if you need to do any real work. So yeah, it's a great example. Right. If you want to do one thing and do it well, you get a separate knife or a separate pair of scissors or a separate corkscrew or whatever it is that's going to do that thing. But if you just, if you need a tool that's going to do a lot, yeah, you could go grab a Swiss Army knife that's got a little bit of everything. Yep, no, good analogy. So so how do you pick the right software? Because obviously for each one of these different categories, for CRM, for email, for social, there's quite a bit out there. Like we could do a podcast on each uh, each individual one of these for different sure. tools. So rather than dive into all of them and giving re- recommendations specifically for all of those categories, what are some general kind of tactics and tools that people can go about choosing the right uh, software for each of those different categories. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll talk about budget in a little while. I think budget plays into this sure. to start with. I mean, you can you could pick a huge expensive platform like HubSpot. You mentioned is fantastic, but their lowest pricing is pretty expensive. You mm-hmm. got to really know what you're doing to, to get into that. And so I would say budget is going to impact that a lot. You can find free tools, tools like Mailchimp. You know, start it free for a decent package and a yeah. low low cost after that. So I'd say the popular inexpensive ones are probably the best place to start if you're just getting going. And then as you develop more, it's, it's generally pretty easy to move your data in any of these, these platforms from one to another as you find better solutions to, to fit your needs. Yeah, I would, I would think ease of use and usability uh, is probably yeah. another big one too. Like play around with those tools. A lot of them, even if they don't have a free tier, they probably have like a seven to 10 day uh, trial period. Yep. For sure. Where you can test it out and make sure that you like it and do a demo call with them. So like take the time to, to choose a software and get it done right and make sure it's something that you and the rest of your team are actually going to use because it's kind of useless if you spend all the time kind of moving everything over and then it just sits there and, and right. there's mothballs sure. because yeah, then it's, it's doing nobody any good. And that's why I'd sort of said the popular ones can be a good place to start because they tend to be well-rounded to kind of cover most use cases and you'll find where you hit the edges like you know we used a product called pipe drive for a while for our crm it's a fantastic tool just a little too simple so over the years we found a better tool that's more ingrained to our specific needs but for people starting out something like a pipe drive is great because it just kind of covers the basics and it's cheap it gets you going and then as you get deeper you can realize okay where i really want to take this is this direction let me find a tool that handles that specific case better and you can slowly refine your stack over time sure you learn kind of what becomes a priority and, and then you get a little bit better sense of what's out there what you need to move to which brings up another good question is you know, at some point it's going to come that you might want to change tools. You might use MailChimp for email and then realize, okay, actually I need this a little bit more robust. I'm 
going to switch to something like Active Campaign or HubSpot. How do you make that transition? How do you determine when the time to make that transition is? Because it it can be time consuming and it can be yeah. a, a little daunting to have to switch over tools. Yeah. So part of that I look at up front is how how do the tools handle importing and exporting your data? There's some tools that really have very poor exporting features, which keep you locked in, which I think they probably do on purpose so you don't leave, but I try to avoid going into those in the first place. And again, that's why I like things like WordPress where you can export easily, you can export posts. It has so many different ways to get your data back out of there. It makes it good. So yeah, it depends entirely on the platform. You know, Most email marketing platforms, like you mentioned MailChimp, are pretty good about letting you export your whole list and move it wherever you want. But other ones, like CRMs, could just be so different, even if they want to help you export it, it's just the data they carry is so different than what other ones may catch, it, it can get harder to do. So as you're size of things grows, you get more contacts in your CRM and more emails in your database, it can get a little harder to move. So we've, I, we used to change tools a lot when Green Melon was young. And I think it's part, partly because a lot of these tools were in their infancy, but it's also because as we've grown, we've gotten more and more entrenched and more data in each one. And so it makes it a little harder to move every single time. Right. But ultimately it's a short-term versus long-term trade-off. Yeah. It's going to be a, a pain right. and a headache for the next two months while we're moving everything over and having to remember, and you're probably in both tools for a little bit. Um, but then in the long run, it's like, Hey, we know that this is going to be a better tool for the next 10 years for us. So it's worth that, that short-term uh, pain of, of having to move everything over. Yeah, good example. Yeah, like when we moved from pipe draft to copper, it was probably 20 hours of work for me to move sure. it over. It was a pain, but now we're in a better place and that 20 hours will pay for itself pretty quick. It's yeah. just, you got to fight through the pain first. Right, so. right. So you mentioned budget as a big uh, driver for decisions on which tools you use, or frankly, even in some cases, whether or not you use a tool right. like to manage social media or something like that. So talk about budget a little bit. How do you set the right budget for, for spending the right amount on these tools and not, not wasting a bunch of money unnecessarily? Yeah. For the most part, these tools aren't very expensive. You get to HubSpot, it gets up there. If you do Salesforce, it's expensive. Most of them are 10 to 30 bucks a month. It's not a big deal. The bigger issue for me most of the time is the time you spend. I mean, whatever you consider your hourly rate, if you're spending 10 hours a month in this tool, that's way more than 30 or $50 a month worth of cost for that tool. So if you can save you a couple hours, it's worth it there. So I don't look at cost too much. I know years ago, Allie would get on to me because I had so many like $10 purchases that would recur every month for all these different tools I was playing with because I would have two or three of the same one as I was testing them out for beyond their testing period. But for the most part, it's not really a big expense of cost until you get into bigger tools, in which case you have you know, line item budgets for that. We're starting out that these tools are free or pretty cheap. It's more you know, using your time wisely, not wasting too much time and stuff. Sure. So it almost sounds like you also need to do an, an audit periodically, maybe like once a year of, hey, what tools are we using? How much are we spending on all of them? Do we have any duplicates? That, okay, we need to yep. cancel that account because, yeah, it's only 10 bucks a month, but that adds up. And if it's not sure. being used, then it's it's not worth it. So yeah, maybe take the time every once in a while to review all the tools you're using, see if you want to make a change and, and cancel the ones that are not being utilized. Yeah, that's something Allie's been very good about. Is she'll, she, she would get on me every couple months. All right, we have these all these tools. Let's go through these. Let's just spend a minute. Let's just talk through each of them, see if we're still using them. And sure enough, we go through it and cancel two or three of them that I no longer needed. And again, we've got it downwards pretty smooth now. But sure. yeah, taking a look at what you all, always have is important because some of those recurring tool, recurring costs for 10 bucks a month can just kind of slide through every month and you may not have used the tool in a year and it's just going on so yeah that's that's true in our professional and our personal correct yes it's like why Same am i thing. paying for three netflix accounts yeah what's, that's what's why, going on there like some of these tools like slack we use for internal communication one of my favorite things about slack is they will proactively cut our costs if someone does use mm. it they'll say hey angela's not been in slack for 30 days so we're going to send you back the five dollars a month you've been paying for her and if she rejoins we'll start charging again but they proactively reduce our price 
which is very rare in this kind of thing, but it also makes me stick with them that much more. I mean, it's really ultimately a good sales thing because I talk about Slack here about how great they are for that. Sure. And I appreciate they do that. We still pay them a lot. But most tools, yeah, if you can quietly send them 10 bucks a month and never use it, they're very happy to take it. So you need to watch out for that. Sure. I think that brings up another point is there's a bunch of different categories we really didn't mention, like internal tools. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Slack is a great one for chat. Uh, there's like task management tools, a lot of stuff that we use internally. We're more focused on that kind of external marketing yeah. piece in, in this episode in particular. But there, again, your tech stack in general, I mean, because there's accounting software and there's oh, yeah, so know, much financial more. invoicing, processing, all those kind of things. So, yeah, you're... Your tech stack as a business can get very, very big. But again, your marketing stack is what we're specifically talking about here. Yeah. And even some of that stuff sort of rolls over a little bit. And, you know, your task management system you use is going to impact, you know, you should be reminding yourself to blog. And, you know, so it's sort of that becomes marketing in a mm -hmm. way. But, yeah, trying to look at external marketing is, yeah, a good good focus here. Absolutely. So last question here, and I feel like I know what your answer <laughs> might be. But uh, do we need digital tools for all of this this stuff, or is there alternatives to the virtual digital software? Of course we do, no, but not really. I mean, I think for the most part, you honestly probably do, but there are cases where you don't necessarily, if you're, you know, if you're keeping up, if, if you're a brand new startup and you have you know, a small number of high paying clients, you could get away with some analog products just for keeping notes and mm -hmm. a, a daily planner kind of thing. But most of the stuff is going to be doing work on the web for you. I mean, your email marketing has to be digital. Your social <laughs> media has to be digital. Your domain name, your hosting, like most of the stuff, you have no choice but for it to be a, a digital product. So I know I enjoy analog products a bit. You enjoy them even more. But I think it's, it's hard to find many tools for the marketing stack that can be analog and really help you. Correct. Yeah, most of what we're talking about just naturally fits into the digital space. And, and there are going to be marketing efforts that you do that are analog and traditional. Things like you know print advertising and that sort of stuff. There's no necessarily, there's no digital tool corresponding to that. But um, yeah, when it comes to the software that you're using, it, it's, it's going to be digital. Mm -hmm. Every time. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we didn't do an intro, so I don't think we're going to do an outro either. Uh, I don't cool. know. I don't know who listens to that. So uh, that was the end of this episode and hope you enjoyed it. And uh, feel free to hit us up if you have any questions about building your marketing stack. <laughs>